Welcome to a very special episode of Funny Looks, the show where I talk to performers about the clothes they wear. Today, featuring very special guest Amy Matthews. Amy is a comedian, writer, presenter, zine maker, illustrator, style icon. Style icon. She's a style icon. How are you doing, Amy? I'm lovely. I'm all right in the in the grand scheme. That's the caveat we we all give these days. Yeah, I'm pretty good. How are you? I am good. I bought a meal deal today and forgot to scan one of the items properly, so <laughs> didn't That's get the discount. What was it, what was in the meal deal? Um, oh god, it's actually like quite cringe. Um, it is. Oh my god, I actually don't want to admit this. You're gonna think this is cringe. So, it was. Oh god, I actually can't tuna pasta salad. Yeah, that's fine. Protein pot with eggs. Yeah. And one of those like cafe latte things, which are two fifty. So in a meal deal, that's the but I was trying to like use two different cards for my shopping for like just a really stupid reason. There was a, a packet of snacker jacks sitting on top of the cafe latte. So I forgot to scan the cafe latte with the first round of shopping. And that was the anyway. <laughs> That is, that's a shame. But that's not an embarrassing lunch. It's just a bit, it's not really on brand for me. I don't know. I just. <laughs> we'll edit it out. Yeah. So what did you actually have for lunch? Any, what did I have it... for lunch? I had uh, pasta. Um, It's like, it was a vegetarian bolognese pasta. Oh my God. I love that. That's quite on brand for you, though. I feel like you're consistently on brand. I'm consistently vegetarian, if that's what you mean. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it was good, actually. It was nice. Yeah. And talking of on brand, what would you say is, like, your on-stage look? Describe your brand. Oh. It's difficult, isn't it? Because I think everyone has a better idea of what other people's <laughs> on stage, because it is so hard to be objective about your own thing. But <laughs> broadly speaking, I tend to wear... Um, I'm, a, I'm a big baggy shirt person, for sure, on stage. Mm. Um, I wear a lot of big shirts and big jumpers and things um and apart from that do I have any do I have any what would you say is a, is a staple of mine so I mean I love 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 the big shirts you kind of go for a statement earring sometimes I feel very true <laughs> I do but always a big statement earring um that's where I feel like I can it's funny that's where I feel like I can um express myself <laughs> uh, because <laughs> I did it like it's so you're so up against it already when you get on a stage you know before you've opened your mouth uh, you've usually got a sort of five second walk to the stage from the wings and before you say anything depending on what you look like you know what vibe an audience has decided you have they set the threshold for how hard you're going to have to work <laughs> uh, without them even realising, you know, everyone's got their own uh, sort of subconscious biases and internalised isms. And um, it's before you even tell a joke, you know, people have decided, I think, what what they're going to, uh, 
how much how much leeway they're going to give you and um it's i for that reason i'm not as i like when i when i'm not on stage um i probably wear i wear more color i'm probably more feminine i'm probably i don't know i i, I have a lot more I certainly have clothes that I wear a lot in my day-to-day life that I wouldn't wear on stage. And I think on stage you have to curate, you have to give yourself the best bet, essentially. <laughs> and um, and I that's why I tend to sort of wear shirts and, and trousers. But um, yeah, earrings, I feel like that's where my little, um, I permit myself to have something fun going on because, yeah, there's not the same, I don't know, like it's only if you're really looking that you <laughs> you're gonna get them but yeah I do have a set that's a lot that's a lovely observation I have also noticed that you wear like suits sometimes but like for specific gigs so I remember we were doing Gilded Balloon one weekend and we actually both were wearing suits I think yeah we've got a tendency to both wear brightly colored suits on the same bills and we look like a sort of CBBC um sort of presenting duo which is always fun that's a good idea for future projects put a pin in that yeah it's funny looks yeah it's funny looks yeah so you often like to wear suits but for specific gigs so like there was that weekend at gilded balloon i was wearing the pink power suit i think yours was like blue what is the thinking behind that, like, how does your decision making go with the suits? Well, I so first of all, if, I think if I'm hosting, particularly on a weekend, but if I'm hosting, I tend to wear a suit or like a blazer situation because I think you 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 have so much lot when you're a compare, you have so much longer to establish yourself as like as yourself. You don't have to do the whole, like you're there to be essentially the go-between between an audience and the acts to to do a lot of the housekeeping. It's as much a presenting job as it is a comedy job. And I think when you're in that role, you, you're immediately in a position of authority. You have to be the kind of trusted glue that like um, keeps the, you know, keeps the night together. And I think there's something nice about about that kind of not formal but suited as you said like sort of power suit thing which is is really cool which I yeah so I do tend to work for presented jobs but also it's funny you said you know is there a work for specific gigs outside of present presenting jobs I think I don't know it's again with the whole having to give yourself the best bet I think if you walked out on a Tuesday, um, a, a new material night for me. By the way, this is everyone's got different sort of onstage personas and stuff. Uh, if I walked out on a Tuesday in a suit, and then I don't know, did uh, it's so difficult to articulate, <laughs> but it would feel like it would feel like it would feel overdressed, which just feel might sound like an odd thing to say, certainly to anyone who doesn't perform because you think well you're on a stage you you know that's it's a reason to dress up or whatever don't wear a suit on a tuesday we make up all these rules when we are doing gigs i remember i once wore an outfit in edinburgh stand that i feel like i wouldn't wear in glasgow because edinburgh for me is like <laughs> comedy wise i feel like you can get away with being a bit more like punky do you know what i mean like i was wearing like pbc trousers a red faux fur jacket and like a white shirt and like brothel creepers and I feel like when I think of Edinburgh I think of like there's a street called Coburn Street with those like goth shops on it I'm doing inverted uh I'm doing like quotation marks because I'm not sure if that's even what you call them but so yeah but I don't think I'd wear that in Glasgow I'd always go for sporty raver-esque vibes because Glasgow is like a rave city Glasgow is a city for going raving yeah Glasgow is a city for going raving I always wear trainers if I'm at the Glasgow stand I feel more comfortable and I feel 
and that's such a stupid deal because you know people watching probably like we can't even see your feet <laughs> like I don't know it's, it's a strange thing but I yeah I would often wear trainers I certainly never ever wear heels um I yeah I, I wear trainers a lot more and maybe like a trainer and suit combination sometimes um the old Tim Key <laughs> your Stan Smiths so like the Stan Smiths that you wear as well like they are a trainer but Stan Smiths are the kind of shoe that does look really good with smart clothes like it just works like I remember when they made a comeback like must have been about I want to say six years ago because I just remember a specific time but everyone was wearing Stan Smiths all the time so it's cool that you go for that trainer and also like Glasgow is a trainer city, do you know what I mean? Glasgow is a city where people do actually look at your shoes. People do care about trainers here. Wherever you're walking, people just have awesome footwear. Like, I, that's one thing I noticed. Like, in the doctor's surgery, wherever you go, yeah. they're yeah. fine. So it totally... <laughs> We should say, by the way, like you are based in so, Glasgow and you've, you know, spent a lot of time here and this is your sort of spiritual home and stuff. It's, um, you know, when we say like here, yeah, we are literally in Glasgow and I, oh, yeah, yeah, I live in Glasgow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like the way that I, I like wasn't going to contextualise that whatsoever. No, fact, but yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like so glad that you're my guest and you're like, let's just like, you know, add some context here, Amelia. We're in Glasgow, yeah. but we've both lived in both Glasgow and Edinburgh and gigged in both yeah. as well. It's funny looks, yeah. It's funny looks, yeah. It's funny looks, yeah. It's funny looks, yeah. Half the time, it's not even anything to do with, in real terms, whether that affects it. It's almost like a state of mind. It's like if you, you know, like how you feel different if you are in, you know, I don't know, a floaty dress going to a wedding than if you're in, you know, trackies in the park. There's like, you're still you. <laughs> You've just got, you know, you're drawing on like a slightly, you're dialing up a different, um, a different aspect of yourself. I think even if it's, even if that kind of social coding that we try and capitalize on when we make those choices, even if those things weren't at play and you know may not be at play it still affects the mindset with which you go into that space and to go into any space when you're doing comedy you have to it's so odd because you essentially have to you have to do so much legwork in the first like 30 seconds of someone <laughs> seeing you. You know, everyone says like it takes seven seconds to make a first impression, you know, in life. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like that in comedy, but you also have to, in the first 30 seconds of you talking, you need to basically say, I am, I'm one of you, or you say, I'm not yeah. one of you and this is why it's funny which is much harder to do if you are a, like myself, straight, white, middle-class looking and sounding person. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know, like there's so much that, you know, before you actually even get into doing what your material is, depending on how those first 30 seconds go and the assumptions made about what you say and what you look like, essentially set the foundation for the gig you're going to have regardless of the nature of the audience regardless of the nature of the venue regardless of the nature of where you are geographically you know those that first 30 seconds of talking and whatever you look like when they first clap eyes on you essentially set you up for how you are going to do and that might sound um far-fetched even to, to people that that haven't done it but it is so so true <laughs> like it is just how how it is so when you're kind of talking about going into these different gig scenarios and you know considering what the location is venue vibe when you're doing your own show though do you feel like you're a bit more like expressive and a bit more yourself because it's kind of like your space your rules to a degree definitely I mean um Exactly as you say, you know, there's when it's your show, you do have an immediate greater sense of people entering your space rather than you having to pander or prove to a group of people who are, you know, there for a compilation bill or, you know, might not have heard of you. Mm -hmm. um, and 
certainly like for my uh debut at uh for my stand-up debut at the fringe um I did half an hour at monkey barrel and uh i wore i wore the same outfit every day because i couldn't be asked trying to think every morning about what i wanted to wear um and <laughs> it was this sort of two-piece cohort it was a shirt and um and shorts from uh monkey m-o-n-k-i um and it was like this really i don't know how would you describe it a sort of like tropical print abstract thing it had like i wore like a lobster like body underneath it as so it had like lobsters all over it and um yeah I, there's no way i'm rocking up on a friday night in that for sure <laughs> uh but again like that was my show was called the life aquatic so it you know i that was a very deliberate kind of um choice and and yeah i think you know again if you've got half an hour to establish yourself your voice your jokes you've got a bit more freedom than if you're doing you know 20 minutes um of like uh, it's squished in amongst three or four other people um you're not a point of comparison in the same way as you know you would be on a mixed bill so so yeah it certainly does um affect affect how you how you dress and what what you wear and how you because this the really nice thing about doing your own show is you do have agency over even the lighting you know you can choose whether you can you can sort of play with those all of those factors that affect you know how you want the tone or at least assumptions about you to um to play out you have some agency over those things which is not the case uh when you're on a compilation bill yeah with like compilation bills as well I feel like it's almost like wanting to fit in in some way you know like to like Mm -hmm. But, like, also not to, like, be too, like... (laughs) I wanted to say this doesn't make sense. I was going to say not wanting to be too attention-seeking. But I was like, (laughs) that's what comedy is. I know what you mean. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, what you don't want to do is... I know, like, it works both ways. Like, you want to sort of establish who you are on, you know, if it... Like, you have such an incredible, like statement look and whatever you know um whatever era I'm gonna call them eras as if you're like Lady Gaga because I think of you in like separate eras um but you know depending on whatever those are you have such a statement look and there's something really great about that because you it means you know if people don't remember your name they say oh that who that girl in the like um, the tracksuit that had pianos all the way down it. You know, like, there's like a... It's like when you go for interview, people say, don't they, like, you should all cast things. Have a thing. Because people are terrible with names. But people will go, oh, do you remember that girl who had, like, the bright yellow glasses? Or, oh, do you remember that one who had, like, the sort of wooden platform metallic shoes? Like, they have... It's so much easier for us to remember that than people's names. So, like, having that is is great. But I know exactly what you mean, is you don't want people to see you and go oh I think I know what this is gonna be and it's gonna be not for me before you've even started so that's like the difficulty I think sometimes is you you sort of have to pick whether you're gonna go for the this is why we have so much in common like you have to manufacture friendship almost and manufacture relatability very economically and very quickly or you establish yourself as other you you know like I think you either have to be like this is this is why I'm different and I'm permitting you to laugh at me or you say this is why we're the same let's laugh at x you know and I think I think you it's not always as clear-cut as you're either one of those camps Mm -hmm. But there are certainly um, contexts that make it more appropriate for um, people to sit in either one of those camps. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, there's going to be cities, audiences, um, places where you feel like you sit in either or of those um, those two things. So I guess it's about being literate and being aware in how in how you fit into those two categories wherever you are and 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 capitalizing on it it's really interesting like that's i'm just like i'm actually blown away i'm like that's so smart (laughs) 
like I'm just like that's so analytical and smart like oh my god like you just like I think I'm just gonna stop doing this podcast because you really just like summarize the whole thing it's funny looks yeah it's funny looks yeah it's funny looks yeah it's funny looks yeah when I'm making clothing decisions it tends to be more based around how can I how can I assert my own sort of identity whilst also um, probably leaning into, like I've said this to you before, like a slightly more like androgynous mm. look as well. Like I, like I, said, I've, I never wear dresses on stage or skirts on stage and I do in my real life. And it's interesting that you mentioned that particular night at Gilded Balloon where we shared a bill. It was um, myself, you, Susan Riddle and Elf Lyons um, one of the very, very, very few all-female bills I've ever been on. Um, uh, certainly one that wasn't for International <laughs> Women's Day or something like that. Um, or for, I don't know, a tampon charity. Um, it was just a normal Saturday night. And um, there was four, four women um, comics. And I wore, I remember wearing, I wore a, a two-piece... Um, skirt and top it was lazy and oaf. I, it, it was, was lazy oaf and it was it like was. colors I just you know I just wanted to interrupt you to show that I remembered what you yes. wore so I was thinking like you did actually wear yeah. like a oh yeah it was skirt. fitted it was a skirt yeah. <laughs> it was brightly colored um and they're all things that I usually avoid on stage and I find it really interesting thinking about that because I don't think that was a conscious decision I think I subconsciously felt comfortable enough to be more feminine because that comes from a place of not when you're on a bill and you are one of one or two women you end up standing for and representing womankind (laughs) Um, when you're you know and when you're freed of that burden and you become one of the comedians on the bill you are no longer punished for your femininity. You're no longer, you know, you can just basically wear because you. It's easier to distinguish each comic as a person as opposed to seeing their femininity first. Um, and uh, as you know, people know, sadly that you know, there's a a subconscious bias that has reservations about marrying together femininity and comedy so so yeah I think um that's a really interesting thing that when put in that space with other women on a bill I felt more comfortable on a subconscious level to be able to be more feminine in what I wore it's really yeah it's like funny that you didn't you know it was subconscious um I remember you talked to me as well about like the details of getting ready, not just the clothes, but like hair up, hair down. Yeah, like always wear my hair up um, or (laughs) nine times out of 10, I wear my hair up, always wear my glasses. Um, I mean, sadly, I I do need my glasses now. always. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm always going to wear them. (laughs) It used to be more of a choice, but in the last year, (laughs) unfortunately, that's become more necessary. But um, yeah, again, it's the sort of, social code or like pop cultural code of scruffy hair up glasses on big shirt and jumper is not a threat and is not um deliberately feminine because what sadly (laughs) um like i i realized i realized early on that when I mentioned I had a, I had a boyfriend in my first joke, uh, that my gigs went better, um, because I think uh, most weekend comedy is couples, um, and when you are a young, a per, young woman who um, is in a position of uh, power, and you know that's what that is when you're on a stage and a spotlight's on you and you've got a microphone in your hand, um, and you're being funny and you um, have maybe have like a full face of makeup on. Um, That is a threatening thing sometimes for other women 
which makes me really sad to say because that's got more to do with the conditioning um, than any individual woman that I resent is <laughs> uh, you know that's no one's fault um, and when that happens uh, when you know if a woman isn't laughing at you because she sort of doesn't want to then neither will her boyfriend um, and obviously I'm speaking about that in very heteronormative <laughs> terms um yeah and and I think the second you put both of those parties at ease by essentially saying I've got a boyfriend um things go better which is insane and uh, and yeah having the sort of glasses hair up situation social codes wise you are putting yourself in the role of unthreatening girl next door as opposed to commanding high status woman with a microphone who's making everybody laugh and has the ability to manipulate people into into laughing and and having that sort of charisma and um and yeah that's a weird thing I actually had a bit in one of my like first ever sets like it was really really early um where I said I spoke about how uh, women are brought up to to be jealous before we're taught to be proud of one another um, that you know women uh, other women achieving is said to be you know is is looked at as being taking our spot our potential spot as opposed to um, being excited and and proud of another woman achieving um, and that is because historically um, there's you know been less positions for us and things like you know that's not just in comedy I mean that sort of industry-wide um but I, I said something in the set about yeah how we're we're conditioned to be jealous before we're conditioned to be proud of one another and it was like a throwaway thing obviously that doesn't sound very funny that sounds like a TED talk but um <laughs> it was in it was a setup and I had a I had a woman come up to me after that gig and say I just wanted to tell you that I felt really resistant to laughing at you. Um, and until you said that line about women being taught to be jealous before we're taught to be proud. And I just wanted to say that I realized I was consciously not wanting to find you funny. So um, you're very funny. And I'm proud of you. <laughs> and that was so amazing, like yeah. so incredible. Um, but it also like I'm I'm so glad that happened, not just for myself, uh, but not just for myself, but because it um like and props to her, by the way, that is that takes real uh gumption to like no one wants to admit that they're being like low-key internalized misogynistic, like no one as much as everyone does that no one ever wants to go up and tell someone that's a thing so that's very um laudable coming from her but I think um it just confirmed to me that that is what's going on like this isn't some I don't know big conspiracy of excuses that women in comedy have made up to make themselves feel better if a gig doesn't go well you know, obviously there's millions of factors that mean someone has a good or a bad gig and not all of them are uh, um, gender dependent. But uh, the times where it is, just having that conversation with that woman or having that interaction with that woman really just validated that that's, yeah, that is happening. And all right, it doesn't always, it's not always as clear cut as that. That is a very black and white, narrative if you like but um you know those sort of internal biases are happening and um and yeah so I think you know you're up against that before before you open your mouth and um just having those you know like I say glasses on hair up <laughs> trousers on does just essentially tell the audience in not so many words don't worry about me I'm nothing <laughs> I'm nothing to worry about I'm not here to steal your boys or girls um you know and it's that's a it's funny that's but like I say I would, I'd like to caveat that with I set that up in a very very heteronormative way because that is something quite you know it's a problem 
that has tended to arise out of the responses from heteronormative uh, or heterosexual relationships. So, so yeah, that's um, that's why I've I sort of make those decisions: re glasses, hair, trousers, blazers, jumpers. <laughs> Do you think it's like as well with those decisions? It has been an, a sort of <clears throat> trial and error thing leading up to that. So, like with the same as material, you know, when you curate your material and you kind of take a mental note of what works, what doesn't work you go right that gig went better because I had those glasses on and then you kind of that's your in your your personal rule book now with what clothes you're going to wear for that kind of gig and you just end up with this like mix and match rule book okay where's the gig what day of the week is it and you're like right these are my rules for these events and then eventually you're like okay I'm gonna wear a beige like baggy tracksuit you know for that gig it's weird it is weird and obviously there's never going to be a perfect experiment for this because every single <laughs> gig is a set different group of people in a different place and all that kind of stuff. There are too many, um, very, very, like too many variables, but, um, even if it means, even if all of those things are completely imagined, completely fabricated and a figment of our, of our insecure imaginations, which they aren't, but if they were, it still has an impact on how you feel, which means you have the ability to walk out with confidence or, or co- even not even confidence, comfortability um, and conviction in what you're about to say. Like if, if, if you feel like those particular factors are going to either put you on a back foot or put you in a favorable position, acting on those on those sort of assumptions will influence on how will influence how well you carry yourself therefore how well you deliver material so i think you know even if in a theoretical world where none of those factors were an influence it does influence how you're how you're conducting yourself that's such a good way of looking at it it's like it actually might affect how you do because of your confidence and the energy that you're putting out in the security that you feel about what you're wearing so you never really know exactly what's going on and the ins and outs but what you do know is that when you step onto that stage you're like I've got I've like I was gonna say I've got everything in my toolkit you know I mean I'm ready I'm prepared and I've thought about all the possibilities and it is like I think it's a control thing and like as human beings my God, do I want control of every little thing in my life. I'm like getting the earliest train. I'm getting there two hours before. I'm getting the same meal deal, you know, and I'm trying to control any variables that I can control because what I can't control is whether somebody is going to heckle me, is whether somebody's going to hate musical comedy. You know, I can't control that, but what I can control is like, I'm going to wear these Nike Air Max because guess what? They're a classic trainer. And you know what? Everybody loves them. And even if they're not like a trainer fan, they might just know that Lily Allen used to wear them in her first album. Do you know what I mean? There might just be like that little bit of, I don't know. Like... Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. No, it's, that's, it's completely true. Clothes, clubber, guns, stuff. Clothes, clubber, I can't get enough, no. Have evidence, right? It's like you build evidence over time that these things are actually affecting what is going on. Like you build evidence, like, actually, when I wore that PVC dress, the gig didn't actually go well, you know? And maybe that was like specific to that gig. Maybe there were other factors, but I think like, for me it's like something has to happen a couple of times you know yeah definitely like, oh, maybe that's not a vibe but on the also f- yeah no you don't oh, no. <laughs> it's, it's something that I've maybe talked about before on this podcast but I actually <laughs> once did a weekend at monkey barrel and on the Friday I wore this pink suit right and like I actually did it was like a Christmas gig and it, it was really it went quite bad for me like I actually people were like talking over my songs the song that I did required a bit of attention to the lyrics <laughs> to kind of get the joke and like you know like it just didn't work weirdly the next day I wore I don't know what happened I was like okay I I don't really know how to really move forward from this and the next day I wore like a full PVC outfit and I went out and I just acted like 
Lady Gaga or something. And like weirdly, like that went so much better. But I feel like that was maybe just like a one-off, you know? But <laughs> it's weird that the PVC like helped in that scenario. But I guess the other variables would be like how I felt. I must have felt really low like after the Friday. So like I need like the PVC was like to make me f- <laughs> yeah, to make like, power move. It was the the main thing that needed to be affected in that situation. The main thing I wanted to like change with my outfit was feeling basically not good enough, you know? So like that's why I wore that because it was like a mood altering outfit. So it was less about what the other people were thinking actually and more about how it would make me feel. So yeah and that is a huge huge <laughs> thing definitely there are also done. it's funny as well because there are certainly clothes that I know people do this a lot with like work uniforms when I say work uniforms I mean like if you don't have a work uniform and you want to give yourself like a set wardrobe that you wear mm-hmm. to work to you know distinguish between the two there are certainly when I buy something I you know I, in my head I think I think even in the last year, which is hilarious because there's been no live comedy. Um, even in the last year, I've thought, will I, is this stage clothes or is this clothes? Wow. Like, <laughs> you know, is this clothes, clothes? And obviously I do wear both in both situations, but there are certainly some things that I think I know for a fact I'm comfortable and confident wearing that on stage. Is this just for expenses reasons? <laughs> Actually, like, like, is this just for your receipts? Because I'm like, <laughs> weirdly, no. Um, but no, it's 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 so that's so strange. Because yeah, there are like, there, it's so funny because there are so many. Like, I love like prairie dresses and um, it's quite whimsy, you know, isn't it? Like, is it that whimsy? sort of like Stevie <laughs> Nicks? Like, oh, delicious! I absolutely love all of that. Like, I've got like that sort of like there's a brand called Meadows that I love that's got all like these really sort of floral prairie dresses everything Coco Fennell brings out I have to stop myself from buying like and all of that kind of really yeah like floaty yummy maxi dress stuff I adore and I wear that a lot it's like sort of outside of of work um but oh my god I could not <laughs> imagine wearing that on stage but that's it's mad because like I've seen um Olga Koch who's brilliant she I've seen her a few times in like a maxi dress or like like these long sort of vintage dresses and she's killed and she's been brilliant and she's so good at like she just owns it she's so brilliant in that get up and I would just feel like if I was on a stage in one of my like floral maxi dresses I'd, I'd feel like I'd turned up at the wrong, like, I'd feel like the wrong me had turned up. Yeah. So is it like all about your, it's all about your getting into like your persona, like your comedy persona. So like Amy, like day to day, you're just like, let's go and get some like cakes and read some books and hang out in the park and eat some ice lollies. But like Amy on stage, you're like, let's talk about this, you know. <laughs> Do you know what I <laughs> We've spoken about this before, Nina, like, you know, just in life, but like the, <laughs> the, um, the lines people draw between, there's, a, there's so much overlap between who you are as a person and who your persona is, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. but they are such distinct things. And, um, you know, a lot of, you know, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of myself is on stage, you know, that is um, the things that I am talking about. Uh, have come from my brain and are you know uh, things that I find funny but I think it it, people really struggle with grasping that Amy Matthews on as a comedian is not Amy Matthews when she's at home (laughs) it's it's a faux authenticity that you know a comedian creates and like I feel like an asshole saying that but like it's like I don't know off stage I'm just my friends they they probably just know me from being like just like oh my god like I'm really anxious about this (laughs) like can you please like help and then I feel like sometimes on stage 
this different in terms of streaming because I do streaming as well and that's a whole different thing but definitely if I've got like a spot gig on stage I'll come out and be very very confident and like just yeah I don't know I just I'm not really like that (laughs) and I think um like I'm I don't know I I have to balance like because I think my two like modes both on stage and in life (laughs) can either be quite intensely sarcastic and cynical or um very uh sort of warm friendly like oh I'm you know I'm happy to I'm very like diplomatic and sort of yeah I don't know uh don't want to like want people to like me kind of thing and you know those two things are quite um are quite different but I think yeah there's I I find trying to do both of those things on on stage can be really challenging when they are my two <gasps> modes when they're like the two heads that I write in so it's like you're trying to make make <laughs> you're trying to like cut through the bullshit and have this hard-hitting opinion but you're also a people pleaser so you're like here's my hard here's my hard-hitting opinion but like me but you know I've noticed actually on breaking the news you're definitely a lot more this is just because that's the nature of the show, but I feel like you're a lot more like sarcastic, hard hitting Amy Matthews, but I feel like you wouldn't go and like compare a show like that. But that's that's just life. That's just like the nature of... And also, it's also the nature of the job. I mean, doing topical news panels, you're there to be satirical. You're there to <laughs> to take the piss, really. Um, and, you know, punch up. But when you're a host you're there to be the social lubricant <laughs> of an evening. And I find it quite hard to do that by ripping the piss out of everyone. And I know that some people do do that um, and that's fine, but my approach is far more, um, I don't know, sinkumbaya, I guess. Um, <laughs> you're, kind of... you're like humble, do you know what I mean? It's like, I feel like you're like a humble host. Do you know what I mean? Like. But like, I just like... Well, also, I mean, the, people think you know. Obviously, the a host's job is to quite literally move the night along and interact, warm up an audience. But it's also like, and this is, I think, if I may be so bold, an aspect of hosting that some hosts don't um, prioritize <laughs> is um, you're there to set up a really nice room for your act. Like I, you know, I think if you've got if you've basically um, created a room that's like hot and you know, there's different venues, different environments and different approaches to this, but I would, I would, I like to leave the stage as a compare and that first like opening 10, 15 or whatever. I like to leave the stage feeling like I have set up a friendly environment that isn't boisterous, that isn't combative, that isn't, I don't know, it isn't difficult for the next five people that are going to come up because they're the night. I'm not the night, (laughs) you know, and I think it's so important. It's like as important to do that as it is to like warm up an audience and as it is to establish like the housekeeping or whatever. I just think I personally find it so much easier to do that if you're like hey guys be nice (laughs) and and, you know you don't have to do that at the expense of being funny um but yeah you're like as a host just oh where are you from oh that's lovely like it's just like (laughs) that's you you're like where are you from oh you just stopped in Edinburgh for the week oh that's that's great you know and then then you'll just do a bit of material and then like but I just feel like in that scenario I have felt comfortable and like safe and like that's also I mean it's easy like I, I'm also there are obviously times where you know someone is gonna tell me that they're a tax collector and obviously I'm not gonna go oh my god that's so nice for you like I'm obviously gonna have something to say but also I just like to make sure that after I've said whatever I've said there is a mutual understanding between both myself and the audience and myself and that person that we're fine imagine you, yeah imagine you're like 
What a wanker. Anyway, we're just going to bring on our first act, you know, <laughs> and that you don't reset the energy. You're all wankers. We're going to bring on it's a musical comedian. It's Amelia. You're going to love her. Go on, I'm like, fuck. And exactly. And that's, you know, that's, <laughs> you know, not my style necessarily. Uh, but I don't want that to um, sound disparaging towards other people's way of approaching it. But yeah, my personal one, it doesn't sit very well with my persona and my energy. <laughs> to uh come out and um yeah just going quite deep <laughs> so. it's like you're like you know Anna Maxwell Martin's character in Line of Duty how last night she said I'm not gullible but I am pragmatic <laughs> you're like her but I can't think of like <laughs> I can't think of like a I cannot believe after a 10 minute segment on why I believe being friendly and warm, it should be valued in comparing. You compared me to Patricia Carmichael from Line of Duty, the most hard faced bitch character in all of UK television. My brain didn't like work fast enough to come up with like a good version of that that would fit your character, but I'll just add it in in the edit. I'll just add it in. The Comedy Underground. Your outfit for that was quite different from... Do you remember the Comedy Underground? <laughs> like, I remember <laughs> it, which for context was a BBC Scotland stand-up <laughs> show. Um, a sort of like, uh, what was it, five acts per episode or something? Can you just co-host this? Because you always give context when I don't. So I like, I'm always like, yeah, I remember that thing. And then you're like, just for context, can you just like... <laughs> But yeah, it's um, you know that was how was that two three years ago or something? Um, yeah, I think about three years ago. And uh, yeah, it was on. It was, it was primarily Scottish talent, not completely. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was a show that, that we did. Yeah, but that you... was. Yeah, I wore a, a co again another cord. <laughs> I wore a. Um, I looked like the Riddler because I wore uh, some trousers and an open shirt. That were literally the color of the what the riddler like uh, riddler green um and it had like little tiny black polka dots all over it um and a white uh band t-shirt underneath it and what um, band the strokes car seat headrest it was their their like um <laughs> their twin fancies album I think. oh my god was that just in case there are any fans like watching <laughs> Honestly, like their graphic is really cool, and more than anything, it didn't have a brand on it because obviously you're on the BBC, and <laughs> so I was like, "What t-shirts do I have that hasn't got like massive branding on it?" Um, so so yeah, I wore that, but it's funny. I it both is and isn't something that I would. I mean, it's still it still played to my sort of trousers rule, um, <laughs> and the sort of shirt, uh, the sort of. I don't know it was uh, the other thing I wanted as well is for it to be I think I did def I definitely wanted it to be like memorable for that reason that I said mm -hmm. you know earlier I was like I think it's good to have something that people can draw on if they don't remember your name do you know what I mean like have like a oh but that you know the one in the the Riddler suit yeah <laughs> um but yeah, I, um... I was like, yeah, that's definitely not going to record well. Yeah, baby. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, but also I just, I saw it and loved it. And I was like, oh, that's great. Like, I'll go. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that was a nice, um, that was a, uh, it needed to be, there's lots of like weird things you have to um, consider when it's television outfits like you can't you can't wear like certain colors in certain backgrounds and you can't have like ditzy print or like small stripes because like they pixelate and stuff so there was also I was like I want something that's like fun and bright and cool but also not gonna make me look like a glitch when I'm on yeah. stage um <laughs> that's so my yeah. only reaction yeah <laughs> um I when you said like something to be memorable I was like going through my pink phase but like now that's irrelevant like I was like pink hair pink lipstick pink jumper like honestly though you not. you will <laughs> always be, be memorable like it will just always it'll always be memorable oh thank you thank you that's the only reason I did this podcast I just wanted people to come on and say that they like my style that's the only reason I did um but yeah I feel like I feel like I need to like summarize I'm like I feel like we actually got to like the bottom of some stuff today it's like it is like very just very smart vibes you're like so smart I'm actually like wish that I'd 
done English. I feel like theatre studies, you just end up writing essays about sex. And then, well, there's a lot of that in English as well. (laughs) But you're like, I feel like you've like got to like the philosophy of stage clothes, you know. I love that. I love (laughs) that's very fun. But also, I I also don't. I'd like to caveat that that I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) The stuff basically, like you know, there are you can kind of choose. Basically, it's not totally like this, but like you can choose like either to be like relatable or to be present as other that was like your that was your big point darling it really just (laughs) yeah that was the um that was my tldr for sure yeah i just um yeah i guess that is that the the sort of buzzfeed title (laughs) yeah and then also we both came to the conclusion that you kind of get evidence from your previous gigs to try and like control any variables that you can control to make the gig go as well as possible but that doesn't necessarily affect how the audience view you it can actually just affect how you feel but then then that actually still affects how the audience view you because they're like wow a confident cool bitch we love her we don't even care that she's got glasses on and her hair up she just looks like such a cool bit those stan smiths oh Love that choice. <gasps> Love the floaty shirt. I'm so into it. Those PVC, but they're not thinking, well, that was a plan to make us feel comfortable. Like they're never like, <gasps> oh, Amy's gone. <laughs> it is so hard. It's it, it's so hard to explain these things to, you know, anyone who <laughs> isn't in, you know, this job. Because if you said to someone, you know, just like <laughs> deviating slightly from clothes, if you said to someone, the height of the ceiling <laughs> in this room will affect how this gig goes they'd be like sure okay fine but it does like it That's... does and it's so hard to explain clothes clubber guns stuff clothes clubber i can't get enough no but yeah thank you so much amy matthews for your insight your personal experience and Thank you for blessing us with your iconic stage looks and very excited to see them on a stage soon. Iconic vibes. So yeah. (laughs) Thanks so much, (laughs) Mia. This has been so fun. So that brings us to the end of this episode of Funny Looks featuring the amazing Amy Matthews. Check out her stuff on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. She also has made a zine recently featuring her own illustrations and story. It's really cool. Check it out. And uh, we'll be back for another episode soon. Why did I make that so weird at the end? Can't get enough, no